Whether on the go or at the table, get lost in a conversation about everything coffee with your host, Eric Ortiz. Hey everyone, and welcome to Everything Coffee, a podcast that brings in different people weekly from all walks of life to talk about everything coffee. Today, I'm joined by Natalia Alcazar. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Natalia was exposed early to some of the best coffees from around the world, building interests over the many years. And as Natalia evolved, her career took a different direction, working in the corporate world and often being the youngest individual in a room filled with mostly men, noting that her solutions were often overlooked by executives because she was a young woman, and especially a young Latina woman. Coming to a realization, Natalia quit her job and returned to her roots in coffee, finding that coffee made her happy because of the shared memories, home, and community that it represents for her. Using her life savings, Natalia left to Minneapolis, Minnesota, where she enrolled in the very, very famous Mill City Roasters classes to roast and eventually buying her own roaster and developing her own roast that would be sitting behind her flagship brand, Dalia Coffee Co. Returning to her Mexican roots and naming her company after the national Mexican flower, Natalia has committed to her company, bringing kindness and making a positive change. You can visit Natalia on IG at Dahlia Coffee Co. and online at www.daliacoffeeco.com. You can find those links in the show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Natalia Alcazar. Natalia, how are you? I'm great. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled to have you on. I I uh, have just been kind of watching in the background. I, I look at different roasters and, and I've always looked for new upcoming roasters and a lot of attention came in when when i saw a post that uh that you know it, it introduced you and i was just thrilled because i was looking at that i'm like darn that's that's pretty cool and then just uh reaching out to you and then you sending my you know your bio i'm just thrilled because you are um uh, just just this this power person man this is, this is awesome seeing a latina most importantly uh just as someone that's really kind of passionate about what they're doing and and it all started because you just found yourself, you know, not not necessarily being happy where you were, and going back to your roots, and that was coffee for you apparently. So tell yeah, me, sure. how did how did it all start for you? Like, I know you were born in Pacific Northwest. You're Mexican American, and and gosh knows uh, from my stories in the past with everyone Mexican Americans, coffee is a big part for us. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that was a big part for you? It it definitely was. There's a lot of great memories in my childhood that involved coffee and sitting around the table and, you know, having a cafecito con pan dulce and all of that, you know, all those great memories that I have when I was younger. Um, so definitely a big part of my life upbringing. Um, but yeah, I mean, growing up in the Pacific Northwest, like you said, there's amazing coffee, amazing coffee roasters. Um but I guess the passion for coffee really started when I was like in my early 20s. Um, my friend and I, we, we worked in a corporate setting and we just didn't like the office coffee. So we decided that amongst the two of us, we were going to take turns exploring coffee. And every single week, each of us took turns just bringing a new coffee into the office. And then that really made me appreciate different coffees from different roasters, you know, grown in different areas. Um, And I think I was in my early 20s um, working in the corporate world. And I don't know. I just thought I was like, you know, it'd be so 
awesome to learn how to roast coffee. And I was still pretty young and kind of naive and didn't really understand how to build a business or anything like that. So the first thing I did was like Google, how much does a coffee roaster cost? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was like, well, I don't have $20,000, $30,000 laying around. Yeah, so that, that, that's that. about right. That That's definitely about right. So you, you had these dreams early on, uh, even, yes. even in the early part of your career that that you weren't really at, at the top level yet at that point, I'm guessing. And you were no, just I already. Wasn't. Yeah, it was a very entry level office job. And then I, I ended up working my way up in that company. But at that stage, you know, I, I was like, I was doing kind of the grunt work at that job sure. at that company alongside my best friend. And it was kind of like our dream together to start a coffee roasting business. But, but yeah, as soon as I saw how much roasters cost and, and, and the amount of money I was making, I was like, okay, well, there's no way that's going to happen. So, um, but that, a dream, nevertheless, dream, right. A dream still yeah. kept in the back of your mind. Yeah. It definitely stayed in the back of my mind, but it was something like, okay, this is not attainable, at least not right now. And I just kind of, I put it away, I guess for another day and it, it kind of just stayed with me. That is, that is amazing. So Fast forward a little bit, you rise in the, the, the company, you hard work, you grind it out and you find yourself at the executive level of this company. And I'm guessing male dominated. Very male dominated. Um, there, there are some women executives, um, but they, they're not Latina. They're not, there's not a whole lot of women of color in this industry, um, that are at the higher level. Um, but I did, I felt like I was climbing that corporate ladder pretty, pretty fast. And so I was working alongside people that had been working in this industry for 20, 25 plus years. So I like often found myself when I was ever doing introductions or whenever I was doing, you know, um, introductions in front of clients, everybody would, you know, state their name, how long they've been working in the industry and their title. And I was always like, oh, I've been working here for seven years. And the next person would be like, I've been working in this industry for 25 years. So I was often that person that was like, looked at like, okay, you're really young. You know, how, how are you sitting amongst everybody else? So that often was always kind of in the back of my head. And I just felt sure. like the more, the more and more I climbed that, that ladder, the more it, it just, I was in these very uncomfortable spots. And I always thought like, okay, if I, you know, if I rise to the top, I can make a change. There was some things that I wanted to change or, you know, I, I started from the very bottom. So I kind of understood I had, I could sympathize for the individuals that were doing all the work. Um, so there was definitely things that needed to get fixed. And I felt like if I just would climb and, you know, and get into those positions, I can make a change. And I quickly realized that that just wasn't going to happen. There was, you know, individuals that already had a plan in place or they had an understanding and I, I, if I rose my voice, it was like crickets. And so it it was very disheartening. And it just felt like I I felt like I, you know, I was in this place of power that I really couldn't do anything, even if, even if I kept climbing that ladder. So, so you, you eventually are up that ladder. You're, you're not being paid attention to Um, a lot of it based off in the fact that number one, you're, you're, you're super young and, and people there are just kind of just strutting around and saying 25 years, 30 years, 15, 20, some years. And meanwhile, it doesn't help the fact that, well, this Latina woman, right. in in a male dominated room and eventually something clicks for you. 
Natalia, it, 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 something changes for you. What was that thing that changed for you where you just said enough's enough? It, I guess it was like a number of things, but I think it was when I realized there was a, there was a specific moment. I won't go in super detail. Yeah, no, of course not. It would take forever, (laughs) (laughs) but it was just this moment where I felt like I did the right thing for the company and it was, and in my boss's mind, it was the wrong thing. Even though I got thanked by the vice president, all these other members for saving a client, it was like, I got praise. And then in another conversation, it was like, you shouldn't have done that because that wasn't your role. Even though I did something right in a lot of people's eyes, it was still wrong. And that to me was like, it took the human level or the human aspect of, of me, like from like trying to fix a problem and it was the right thing to do. It just wasn't the right thing to do in my role. And so I just, I was like, well, I, I can't stay in a job where like, I'm doing something for the better good, but it's still not the right thing to do in in somebody else's eyes. So that was where I was like, okay, you know, I can, I can stay here and make this really good money. And just, you know, I, I felt like if I was going to stay in this role, I really just had to shut up and listen basically. Um, and I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that person. So I, you know, I'm lucky enough that I have a very, um, supportive uh, boyfriend partner. And he was like, you know, just quit, <laughs> just quit. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but it was, I was so miserable. I, you know, he could see it. I was every single day I'd wake up to do my job and I was just missing. So Natalia, how much of your background of being Latina and that sense of, of, homeliness, the community, the shared interest have in your, in your decision-making to, to kind of just exit out and seek something that would be more beneficial to your, your traits and your background and your culture. And I guess your ethics overall. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was a really hard decision mainly because, um, I felt like, and, and, you know, growing up with Hispanic parents, like if you make it, especially like in the corporate world or like a really nice job or you go and be a doctor or something like that. It's, you know, like you've made it. And, and I, my dad was very, very proud of me uh, for excelling in the career that I had. Um, Here here comes the parent shaming. Here comes the parent shaming and the guilt. (laughs) But (laughs) I mean, the, the fortunate thing is that my dad is an entrepreneur himself. So, um, it's really hard. I felt, I feel really bad when it's like, I feel like I'm disappointing my dad, but at the same time, I I kind of already knew that he would be supportive in some way because he had kind of like a similar story. He didn't quit his job, but he got laid off. And at at that opportunity is where he had to, you know, really think what, what do I do next? And, And he's been very successful in his career, in his, in his business that he's created over the years. Um, but you know, he did say, well, you're making really good money. Like, how do you just leave that? And I'm like, I know, but I wasn't happy. And it, at that point, it was like no amount of money would keep me there if I wasn't that happy. Um, and just but- just a stress to people listening on the podcast that when we talk about Natalia's career path in, in terms of what she was doing, this this was not just, just, just pocket change, right, Natalia? I mean, when we say that you made it, 
you had to hit you 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 wrote in your bio that you had hit a goal of yours to hit some sort of of of, of uh, check uh, or at least per year uh, salary, and that was six figures, correct? Yeah, I I had made myself a goal that I wanted to have made at least six figures before I turned thirty, awesome. and um, and so I hit that goal and I exceeded that goal. And not only that, I was work. I had a work from home job, and I was living in Ohio, which is one of the lowest, you know, states that you can. I, I mean, I, I bought a house for it wasn't as expensive as it would have been if I was still living in Portland. So I was living pretty comfortably. I was able to, you know, to um, go on vacations if I wanted to and do all these great things with that money. But it just, you know, there's a lot you have to give up sure. in your life. Um, and not only that, but like I kept thinking to myself, like if I want to keep going up the ladder, I have to become my boss someday. I have to become somebody in these positions. And I and I saw how they made, you know, their career their entire life. I mean, I had a boss that would take her laptop on the beach in uh, Mexico, and it's like, what are you doing? Oh, you know, no. <laughs> can't do that. Um, <laughs> and I mean, and that might be realistic for me, you know, when I have. If I decide if I, you know, at that time, if I had decided to start a business and and it it becomes my whole life, but it's different when it's something you're really passionate about versus you're, you're settling for a job that you're not happy about, but you still have to make it your entire life. So I think there's a big difference there. Um, so, so besides the fact that you, you, you decide to leave your job. I mean, th- th- this is already a scary prospect in general because you're making that much. You're you're being comfortable. Sure, the relief comes knowing that you you don't have those pressures anymore. But new pressures show up, right? Like, oh gosh, I just quit my job. Yeah, and and you're finding yourself in that that worry train, but also trying to figure out, okay, I have nothing right now. But then you have to develop a plan, kind of going forward. What? What kind of mindset are you in at that time, Natalia, that, that, that just thinking to yourself, I need a plan going forward if I'm going to jump into this? Or did you just jump in not really knowing what the, the end result would be? I left without a plan. I, I didn't know if I was going to get another job. I didn't, <laughs> you know, at that point, it wasn't like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a business. At that point, it was like, okay, I'm going to settle and see, you know, and I, and I have, I was fortunate enough that I have, a, I still have a lot of friends in the industry a lot of clients where the moment I left, they all called me up and was like, if you need a job, you call me. And, sure. and so I felt like I had some security to an extent. Um, so I wasn't like completely like stressed, but it was still stressful because I was like, you know, I, I think that this feeling is going to carry me anywhere I go in this industry or in this corporate world. If I decide to go to a competitor or anywhere else, I'm still going to feel this way. So for a few weeks, I felt like I, you know, I, I wanted to just kind of uh, de-stress for a sec and just breathe and then really think about what it is that, you know, make that decision. Do I need to, do I want to find a new job somewhere else and just kind of put a bandaid on it? Or, you know, am I going to explore other things that make me happy? So for the longest time, I really just, I would go to coffee shops here locally. <laughs> I would sit down and, and get on my computer and just think and, and then it just kind of hit me. I remembered that point in time when I'm in my early 20s that I looked up that roaster and I was like, wait, like that's that's something that I 
really wanted to do. And so I kind of started digging a little bit more. Now I'm older, now I'm wiser. And, you know, I, I didn't realize that there was other ways to start roasting that are, I mean, it's still expensive, but there's other ways to start that's not as expensive as buying like, you know, like a, a 10, 15, 20 kilo roaster. <laughs> um, and so I kind of just, you know, I kind of just wa- started watching YouTube videos. I started kind of, um, I started like a TikTok and making coffee videos. And then like I bought a little espresso machine just to kind of make me happy in the morning and started learning how to do all that and, and you know, latte art and all of that. So it kind of, in a way, I started to really um, gain a community with the com- the coffee community, like on TikTok and Instagram and all of that. And then um, there was a couple of videos on YouTube where uh, people were roasting on a Mill City. And I had never heard of Mill City before. Um, and then again, I just, you know, I had time to go down the rabbit hole. And so... <laughs> Um, I started looking at Mill City and then I noticed that they had a like roasting class and Minneapolis is not too far from Cleveland. It's like, you know, and so I was like, you know what, like maybe I think it was like $900 to take the class or something. And then, um, and then, you know, I asked my boyfriend, do you want to just come with me? And he's like, yeah, sure. You know, let's go and check it out. And, and so I, I signed up for that class and I thought, okay, well, let me take this class and get to know this company. And then that'll help me make the decision of whether or not I, I you know, I want to buy this roaster. Um, and in the meantime, you know, I had bought a little fresh roast SR 800. So I was buying like, you know, coffee from like Sweet Maria's and like roasting on my little roaster and doing all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I met a lot of great people. Um, in Minneapolis. And then the people at Mill City are are so great and supportive. They still reach out to me. um, And we still talk. And if I have questions, or I'm, you know, I'm trying to roast something, and I I can't figure it out, they'll, they'll still be super supportive. Um, So, so that's kind of where it, that's kind of where it started. You know, I'm like, I, I, I thought back to that moment where I was like, there's no way I can do this. <laughs> I don't have any money. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, you know, like I, I was able to save enough money where I'm like, okay, I, I have some money that I can do something with. And even if it's so small, I, I can do this by myself. So I, I am completely, I'm in completely <laughs> awe of you because how much of, of a path you took what you ultimately gave up just to pursue happiness and, and not even that it was, I suppose it wasn't even a jump of happiness at first, right? Because you're leaving your work. You're just trying to relieve yourself from that stress and that, that punishment of not really being, you know, sure you worked yourself to, to the bones to get to that spot. And then when you're there, you're not even able to make the changes you, you wanted to so badly. And and, yeah. and you weren't you weren't motivated to to change anything after a while because I mean no one's listening and so here you are taking the leap, jumping out without a plan without a net except your life savings you had you had that to kind of fall in there but at the same time it's like you're not trying to use it all I mean you're you're trying to get out of it as yeah. quickly as possible <laughs> and, and then here you are going back to your your dream that you had as as this this person that was just entry level grind your way up to the top and you, you've kind of made a full circle in terms of not just where you were born and in that culture of coffee, 
but also the culture that you were part of, Mexican-American and the shared memories and the, the pan dulce, like you said. I mean, gosh knows some of the best memories I ever had with my, my dad came with uh, sharing a cup of coffee and, and pan dulce, uh, or something fun that, that we just enjoyed during, during the evening time. And those are all things that just brought this, this passionate side to evolving and getting into Mill City and, and not only that, but you're learning from some of the best in the world when it comes down to roasting. So much so that you, you've, you've bought your own roaster, you jumped into it, you got lost down the rabbit hole like all of us. All right. Now you're one of us suckers uh, that, that fell down the rabbit hole. And, and, and you created a company. You made something. You've, you've made uh, your own name for this. And uh, you, you named it Dahlia Coffee Co. Tell me a little bit about the company now, uh, Natalia. Yeah, so I mean, I launched May 17th of this year, so I'm still pretty new. Um, I, I took about a good nine, 10 months to really understand my roaster. And um, I not only did I learn, I, I will say this, I did just learn from Mill City as well. Um, luckily, there is a an educational facility here in Cleveland that I honestly, I didn't even know about until after I got my own roaster. They're called First Crack Coffee. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yeah. Um, they have a locate. They have three locations in the U.S. Um, I think their most popular ones are in Denver, Colorado, and mm-hmm. in St. Louis. Um, and surprisingly, they have one here in Cleveland, which is really small. Um, so I was able to take classes from them as well. And then um, they have a proster, a different type of roaster. Yeah. So I got to learn on my Mill City. I got to learn how the prosters work, and I really tried to learn as much as I could about coffee and, and experiment with different types of roasts um, to really, you know, before I launched. And even when I launched, I wasn't even sure if I was fully ready, um, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, but I, I've had some really great mentors. I've, I've, um, I've been able to connect to a lot, with a lot of people. And, you know, with, with my brand specifically, um, I know that I want to tie it back to Mexico in some way and, and those, and those values. Um, but I, I do, I, I feel like I'm starting, I, you know, it's just me. Uh, I am fortunate that my boyfriend is a graphic designer and he's an artist. So all those designs that you see on my bags, those are all him. Which are beautiful. By he, the way. Absolutely he's, stunning. he's absolutely amazing. And I'm grateful that I have him for that. Um, and he's very, very supportive of everything that I want to do. He's an entrepreneur himself and an artist. And and so I think that helped a lot. Um, but with my brand, eventually, you know, obviously I want it to grow. One day I want my, my coffee company to also be a little cafe here in Cleveland. Um, we have some amazing cafes here in Cleveland, but there is, I, I, there's hardly any Mexicans here. <laughs> so that was a culture shock for me too. <laughs> Um, but I would love to have Dahlia be um, like a Mexican coffee shop. That's sure. that's like the, the ultimate dream for me. Um, but you know, starting really small with the with roasting and and um, you know having the ability to work with other roasters and 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 all of that is is great. Um, and with with my company eventually as well, like I do want to do things in the community and give back and. You know, I'm slowly having those conversations with individuals here in the community. Um, it, it's just hard because I'm by myself and, sure. and it's, you know, it's, it's expensive, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, 
but eventually I do want my company to, to really, you know, build community with my brand and help other, other um, organizations here in Cleveland and, and hopefully, you know, one day have maybe a coffee shop back in Portland. Um, that would be amazing too. Back home. That would be, that would yeah. be absolutely beautiful. And, and what's the current evolution of your, of your storefront now? It's not an actual store right now, Natalia. Is, is it just a, uh, it's not. So I have my own roaster set up in, in an extra room hmm. in my house. It's like a, an extra room that's attached to my garage. Um, so under Ohio cottage food law, I'm allowed to roast at home, um, and distribute within Ohio. Um, but whenever I get large orders from out of state, um, I'm luckily lucky enough that I, ha- I have access to first crack to that. Um, they have roasters that I can actually rent per hour gotcha. and which helps a lot because my mill city is a one kilo. So you can imagine if I have 50 pounds it's of coffee, gonna take roast, a while. <laughs> it's going to take me a long time. So, um, I do find myself using my mill city right now to really, um, you know, to play around with different roasts and create profiles. I'm, I'm working on a couple of new roasts right now. Um, so that's the Mill City has come in handy for that a lot. But most of my roasting right now is being done at that commercial facility. Um, so how it, how often, Natalia, does do you look back and, and see that young Latina woman in the uh, the uh, executive room with those with those guys and and these these decisions that they made and the 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 effects that it had on you how often do you look back on that young latina woman and 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 kind of i guess you just kind of uh transcend yourself into that portion of it and, and think to yourself okay what do you tell yourself then at that point looking now at this this situation what what do you what do you say you know i i wish i would have spoken up more I don't know if that would have made a difference. Um, and, and sometimes I, I will say like, I, I, I find myself, you know, some days are harder than others. So it's like, I think about it. I'm like, you know, was it easier to just stay and shut up and do what they said? But um, I look back at it now and, um, and, and I think like, there's so many times where I, where I just accepted things and I didn't realize how it was, you know, how sometimes I was just being used as a pawn. I felt like I, I'll give you a prime example. Um, there was often times where I had to fly from different to different cities and stay and, and do presentations in front of potential clients, for example. And, and I remember one time one of my bosses asked me if I wanted to go and, and my boss is pretty transparent with me. Um, so sometimes he would say things that probably he shouldn't say. <laughs> um, and, and I didn't, and to me it was like, okay, this seems kind of wrong, but that, oh, I, I, this is part of my job. Um, but I remember he said that the only reason I was going to this meeting is because they realized that the only people that were going to do this presentation in front of this potential client were all white males and they needed like a somebody like a, diverse person sure. to go so it didn't look like they were just all white males you were, you so were the token like, colored individual there unfortunately yes and and i now i'm like i can't believe he actually said that to me but i mean and and i wasn't like not going to go because that was a opportunity for me to show that i could stand in front of them and, and give presentations sure. to clients and gain you know new customers and and all of that and, and obviously part of there was 
in that role, part of my job was to to gain customers and contracts and and um, and all of that. But now I look back at it and I'm like, okay. I mean, I know I worked hard and I know that I added a lot of value, but sometimes it felt like I was, I was that token for them where it's like, you know, I, I got to, I got to go to New York. I got to do all these things for this company, but was it just because (laughs) I was Latina (laughs) and they needed that person in front of the, the client to show that we were diverse. So it was like moments like that. I think about those instances and I'm like, Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's completely changed for you because, I mean, now you're you're a business owner. And I'm curious because you touched on it just a little bit about having good days and bad days. But w- when do those doubts set in for you sometimes? Because I, ca- I can't imagine this all being, you know, 100%. It's always going fantastic. It's a lot of undertaking. Like you said, it's expensive. A lot of things, a new understanding of uh, of a new process. It's still something you're constantly learning about. But when do those doubts leak in for you as an owner? I think when I, I mean, you, we all say this, but like, if you're starting a business, you're wearing all the hats um, and that can get extremely overwhelming. Um, And I find myself making excuses sometimes, like, I don't want to get in front of the computer and do this or, you know, or I did everything else. Or sometimes I'm, I'm getting ready for an event and it's like, I feel like I'm frantically running around like a chicken with my head cut off and I'm just stressed out and I'm like, okay, is this really what I signed up for? (laughs) (laughs) So it all turns out to be, you know, great at the end of the day and I feel good about it, but it's, it's a lot of work. And, um, and also sometimes I'm like, should I have, uh, should I have asked a partner to come in this with me? Am I doing it right by myself? Like, you know, so I, I guess the, the wearing of many hats can get overwhelming and that's kind of where I have the self doubt of like, can I really do this? Is this, is this something that I, did I, am I, did I take a really huge risk and it's not going to pay off at the end? Am I, am I not happier now? But I, but at the same time, it's like, I, you know, I have those talks with my dad. I have those talks with my boyfriend because both of them have been through that sure. and, you know, have built businesses that are now 10, 15 years old. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's how it was. You know, when you were starting, you got to do everything and you're, it's your, your business is not going to grow. People are not going to get to know you unless you, you do everything, you know, eventually, you know, if you are consistent and keep at it, things might get a little easier, but I mean, even now, you know, it's, and, and seeing them with, with their businesses, even 10, 15 years later, it's still hard. Um, so it's not like it's discouraging, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it, in the moment, it definitely is. But I think that the 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 self doubt comes when I when I have to step up and, and wear all those different hats, and it's by myself, and I feel like I have nobody to talk to. And I, I mean, I do have like coffee friends and other <laughs> roasters, but you know, I'm not I'm not going to call them sure. and just complain. <laughs> and they're like, they're all probably going to be like, suck it up. It's my job. <laughs> you know? and, and I'm curious about that because. I mean, legitimately, there's there's real question about in the past when you were working, were you working before? It was it was partially well. I was a young woman. How much of that now plays into it, Natalia? Where uh, coffee is is still not a fully a hundred percent female kind of diverse field. There's more females in it than ever before. I give you that. 
but it's still very much a male-dominated industry itself, except for the agricultural part, familiarly because of the history yeah. and, the, and the knowledge of, of the fields themselves. Females tend to be dominant there. But how much does being a female give you a barrier into business or a barrier even into coffee right now, if any at all? Well, I think... I think just generally, and I, I, I think it's just our unconscious bias that like, when you think of a company, when you think of ownership or even like in the coffee industry, you normally see a male being the owner of something, you know, it's not, and roaster, I guess, can be very commonly looked at as, as like a male role. Cause it's like, it's hard work. You know, I, I came from sitting at a desk for eight to 10 hours a day. <laughs> and now I'm like, you know, lifting heavy bags of, of coffee, green beans. And, and um, so it, it very well, you know, it, it very well looks like a male's job, I guess. Um, but I, I've been fortunate enough now that I've, you know, that I started my coffee page that, that I have an Instagram. Um, I've been exposed to a lot of female coffee roasting companies. Not there's not a whole lot of us out there. Um, but they're, you know, we're definitely starting to make a name for ourselves. So I, I think, um, a lot of the times when I'm not unsure of something, right. I need a little boost of confidence. Like, um, I can go and, and reach out to some of those friends, some people that have maybe been in the industry a little bit longer than me and, and, you know, we get to kind of console and share our experiences and that, that kind of helps a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think the Latina representation needs to sure. be bigger in this, in this coffee industry. And, and then also like, I mean, Latinos in general, I think mainly because like you said, a lot of the Latinos or, or Latina representation is really done um, doing the harder work, you know growing and harvesting the coffee and all of that. And, and, um, and I, I definitely think that that needs to be more represented on the roasting side. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and tell me a little bit about the, the roast themselves, because we, we've talked about the business, how it evolved, how it's growing right now, but I want to know about your, your coffee offerings is something that you have on your website right now. You, at the time of the recording, we have an Ethiopian, a Guatemala and a Peru decaf nonetheless. And then you also have, the Escudo, which is the dark roast, uh, Spanish for dark. Um, we have we have all of these great roasts. Are these roasts that you plan to make staples, or is this something that's going to evolve over time? I think it's definitely going to evolve over time. Um, I, I do want to feature a lot of a lot more like Central American coffees. I'm I'm definitely working on a Mexico. I've I've just been trying to find the perfect one. <laughs> um, and these ones are just, you know, ones that I started off with and, and being that it's just me and, and although I, I invest in my whole life savings, I also had to make sure that I still have money to live because I'm not, I don't have an income. <laughs> um, it's been, it's actually going to be, um, in a couple of weeks, it'll officially be an exact, like exactly one year since I quit. So it, it's a lot to juggle. And um, I have been fortunate enough that, you know, working with First Crack, um, they have a lot of big contracts with with coffee importers, specifically Sukafina. And so they've allowed me to, um, to basically source my coffee beans from them 
from the con- their contracted coffee beans. And so what I did before I officially launched my business is I, I basically roasted all of the coffee that they had sure. um, that they've already contracted with. And so it's a little bit more cost effective for me, but I really tried to find coffees that I loved and I knew that other people would love um, and tried to connect that as well with like making sure that, you know, that it was traceable back to the farmer or if it was something that um you know something like i i generally really enjoy ethiopian coffee i really i really love the flavors that you can get from ethiopian coffee so i knew i wanted to have that um and then the other ones um you know i i definitely wanted to decaf on my menu even though i know everybody (laughs) there's some people (laughs) that are just like do like I can't tell you, I, I've done a few farmer's markets and somebody will taste the decaf and they're like, this is delicious. And, that, and I was like, oh, it's decaf. They're like, never mind. I don't want it. And I'm like, but you said it was delicious. <laughs> but they're like, no, no caffeine. I'm not. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, but but I do have some individuals that really love decaf. So I, I definitely had to include one in there. Um, and out of all the coffees, these were my four favorite to start off with. And then something that was reasonable for me and still affordable for me to start with. Um, but eventually I, I do definitely want to add to them. I also want to create blends. It's just, it's, it's been a little bit of a baby steps with these ones. Sure. Um, but I've, I've definitely learned that a lot of, you know, a lot of coffee, um, a lot of individuals that are daily coffee drinkers, they more tend to like the darker roast. Yep. So the Oscuro blend, (laughs) the Oscuro is definitely my top seller. Um, and, and I actually use that one for my espresso and, and, um, this coffee specifically, there was like a very small quantity. I mean, I, I, I'm the only one using it apparently, but it's, it's a bean from Honduras. And so what I was planning on doing with this one is if, you know, if it did run out, then I was going to do like a rotating dark roast. So that's why it says Central America on it. Um, but that seems to be the one that everybody is, is loving. Um, and then the, the second most, second most popular one is the one from Guatemala. Um, and then I do have some individuals that really, really like the Ethiopia, but I feel like those are the individuals that really enjoy like those pour overs and like those really unique coffees. Um, because most people are not used to that, like, you know, those tasting, <laughs> the lime tasting notes yeah. is like very citrus, uh, you know, have that acidity in the cup. Um, so, yeah. So I am I am working on a couple more coffees here. I have a lot of people that ask me for Colombia, a lot of people that ask me for, you know, Costa Rica and all those, you know, amazing coffees. And, and as, as much as I want to roast everything and anything, it's really hard <laughs> to do that. It's like, so... Um, Tell so me yeah, that. these are yeah no no go 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 ahead. You, so so these are the four roasts that you have so far, and then eventually it's going to be going out and and changing over time. So I I certainly look forward to seeing where it evolves to. I, I'm curious, Natalia, current Natalia, how often do you think back to young Natalia and think this is where you were going to be, even though you're not old and you're you're still young in the in the age <laughs> level. Did you did you ever ponder at some point in your life besides when you were looking at those roasters that you would you would find yourself in this path? No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um you know, watching my dad with his business, he he always did make a point 
of saying like, it's always better to work for yourself. And he's always tried to encourage entrepreneurship. So that was one thing that my dad has always done in my life. Um, but I, and honestly, in the industry that I was in, I kind of stumbled upon it because I was working at a call center and I was just tired of that job. And, and I applied to the first job that looked like it was going to pay me a little bit more. <laughs> and then I ended up and then I ended up being really good at it. And then I stayed there for, you know, like almost nine years and and climbed pretty fast and then realized, you know, that like even though I was making good money, I was miserable. Um, so no, like the the plan, well, back back in high school, I was really good at math and I wanted to be an accountant. Like I wanted to do I thought I was going to be a CPA. That was what I initially wanted to do. <laughs> very, um, very, very different worlds. Where you're very in different. And um, and then and then when I stumbled into that other industry, you know, I was like, okay, well, this makes good money, and 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 um, you know, I'd have those conversations with my dad, and he's like, well, you know, you're making good money, so you're good. Like, don't worry about it. You know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is this is the path I'm going. So, like, no, I, I never thought that I was going to even attempt to um to own my own business that, or that is, amazing. that is amazing the path you've taken and in all the twists and turns that's evolved and now you're finding yourself hopefully happier than you ever were before where you were were you doing before and 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 uh certainly not without any challenges because you're you, you have lots of them with this with this business and uh certainly off already to a great start with that beautiful artwork the great roast and uh Certainly couldn't be happier for you uh, than anything else. Just, just, just love seeing. First off, uh, the representation of a Mexican American in in the field, then to see a Latina doing this, and it's just uh, an embodiment of your work and your hard uh, work to get this. Uh, definitely in your lifetime. So, congratulations on opening up the business, Natalia, and, and certainly we hope the best for it in the in the future. Thank you so much. Absolutely. What, what's what is your favorite memory? And I always love to ask this with my guests, Natalia. I, I I love to ask because it's it's always nice to end on on a really nice high point in terms of 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 seeing the passion come out. But what is your your best memory with coffee? My me- my best memory with coffee. And certainly, I you think- probably have a lot. <laughs> I yeah, I do. Um, I honestly just think that I think it's hard to answer that question, but I think I'm going to answer it this way. For me, there's so many times that I can pinpoint coffee to something fun that I did or something I did with my sister, my friend. Um, I think it's just the fact that I can tie coffee back to memories and and happy things um, and that it gives me joy. Um, it, it's really hard to, to pinpoint an exact moment, but I guess one of my favorite things to do when I was living back home, um, my sister's actually a barista. So like, you know, her and I coffee all day. <laughs> um, so there is a, um, there is a coffee shop back home called Ava's roast roastery. Um, and they have a 24-hour coffee shop. So my favorite thing to do was like at 12.30 or mid, you know, midnight or 1 a.m., me and my sister would just go and like enjoy a cup of coffee together. 
So those and, were, yeah, those were the best memories ever. Sharing a cup of coffee with your, with your sister, probably talking over some, some life uh, things going on at that particular moment. And, and certainly at 1 a.m., brave of you. I'm certainly, I'm sure that all your uh, decaf friends would not appreciate that sentiment. <laughs> yeah. And I think it means those memories mean even more now that I live across the country from her now and I don't, I don't have access to her anymore. So I think that that's part of the reason why it's so special. And the fact that like, we love coffee so much that we could go and have a cup of coffee together at like 1230 midnight. <laughs> and, and we drink so much coffee that it literally has no effect. No on effect us. whatsoever. We'd go drink it. <laughs> and then we'd be back home at 2 a.m. and pass right out. <laughs> so. that, that's the best. When you, when you can drink all the coffee you want and never feel it anymore because you've been doing it for such a long time. Not sure yes. if that's safe or not, but certainly... <laughs> Good. Natalia, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show, talking about your, your amazing path, your fantastic story of, of, of finding happiness, working hard to get what you want, and still finding a way to, to make it work. And, and hopefully it's going to make you even happier and, and uh, open up all the dreams you had about when you first created it. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. And where can people find you, Natalia? So they can find me. I have uh, my Instagram, which is at Dahlia Coffee Co. Um, My website is um, DahliaCoffeeCo.com. And I also have a TikTok, which is also Dahlia Coffee Co. So it's all pretty straightforward. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll we'll be linking everything else out there. Thank you again. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And don't forget to subscribe to Everything Coffee on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at everything.coffee.podcast. Check out our website at everythingcoffee.podbean.com. And thank you for listening and doing your part in supporting local businesses in your city and around the world.